Welcome to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. I'm Trevor Maxwell. I'm a stage four colon cancer survivor, and I've got a message for other men. You don't have to go through this alone. What does it mean to man up to cancer? It means reaching out instead of isolating. It means having the courage to accept help along the way. To me, manning up isn't just about being tough. It's about knowing that we're stronger and smarter as a pack than we are as lone wolves. Good morning, Cancerland. This is Trevor coming to you from Man Up to Cancer World Headquarters in Cape Elizabeth, Maine, where the weather seems to go from negative 30 to 50 in about eight hours and then back again. So it's all sorts of messed up, but hey, we're rolling with it. Um, today is a solo episode of the Man Up to Cancer podcast. I have some super exciting news to share with you, um, and then I'm going to read... Um, a good bulk of chapter five from my book, uh, open heart. I almost forgot the title of my own book, right? It's like, what is that book? Um, open heart warrior spirit, a man's guide to living with cancer. Um, I'm going to read a chapter that is called what courage really looks like. But first, before we get to that, um, my exciting news is I am incredibly honored that I've been invited to speak by Fight Colorectal Cancer, Fight CRC, at the United in Blue Rally um, next month in March in Washington, D.C. So every year, Fight CRC does the Call on Congress, where advocates from Fight CRC and other colorectal cancer organizations descend on Washington, D.C. to advocate for our brothers and sisters um, with colorectal cancer to push for more federal funding, to explain to our senators and congressmen and others that we can't wait. You know, we cannot wait for better treatments, for better quality of life, that changes have to happen now because the way things are going with colorectal cancer, with the increase, especially the increase in young onset colorectal cancer, we feel like we're not being heard and, and we need to advocate for ourselves and and step up to the plate and say, colorectal cancer is, is an epidemic at this point. And by 2030, it's going to be the leading cause of cancer death for people in the United States under 50. So call on Congress and the United in Blue Rally are, are the annual place to do that. And just a huge thank you and shout out to, to Angie Davis, to Molly McDonald, to all the folks at Fight CRC who are doing such amazing work. Um, we have a great relationship with our organization, Man Up to Cancer and Fight CRC. When people come into Man Up to Cancer and they want to learn about how to be an advocate, um, they want to learn about getting involved in advocacy. Um, we always, when it, if they are, if they have colorectal cancer, we always point them towards Fight CRC, and vice versa. Fight CRC sends people our way um, with with their guides. If they have men that are looking for support with the emotional burden of cancer, they talk to them about Man Up to Cancer. So this is just an awesome um, convergence and I'm so excited to get that invite and to go speak and I'm working on what it is that I have to say and, and it's it's one of those things where I honestly haven't been doing a lot of writing lately and, and a lot of, you know, since the book got published, I'm kind of in a lull or taking a rest, but when I got invited, when I got the invitation to join Fight CRC um, for the call on Congress and to speak, um, I've definitely been... <laughs> tearing up the pages with some thoughts. So that's the exciting news right now. Um, 
And for today's podcast, I am going to to do some reading, like I said, from chapter five of the book. Courage is something that you all know. You all have to have it. Like if, if you're going through cancer, that's something that you have to cultivate. It has to be there. And, and the great news is we all have it inside of us. Um, but when you're faced with this huge life-threatening challenge, um, I think especially early on, you have this idea of what courage should look like and, and how you should respond to this big challenge. And in my life, you know, cancer, having stage four colon cancer has been the biggest challenge that I've needed to rise in terms of courage. There have been things before, of course, I was diagnosed at 41. So there were things prior in my life, of course, that have, have come up that I've needed to be courageous with, but this was different. So after my diagnosis and I was going into treatment and, and surgeries and, and blah, blah, blah. Um, I had this vision in my head of how I should respond, what courage really looks like. And most of that honestly was based on media, based on growing up with certain movies and watching certain, um, you know, sports heroes and movie heroes. And, you know, there's very few times in your life when in your actual real life, when you get to see courage in action, um, you know, definitely we see it and it's there. But for me, a lot of the ideas that I had around courage, again, were based on some fictional idea of it. And that in my life turned out to be, you know, a struggle for me because early on, and I've talked about this a million times, so pardon me for going over old territory, but for you newcomers, um, early on in my cancer journey, 2018, um, you know, when I was diagnosed in March and then toward 2019 into 2019, I was told I wasn't on the struggle bus. I was driving the struggle bus. Um, anxiety, depression, uh, just, just crushed. I, I was a mess. I was an emotional and physical mess. And when I thought about courage and I thought about what I should be doing, it just didn't line up. I'm like, oh my God, like I see in magazines and books and movies, like people when they get diagnosed with cancer they tend to, they, they're shown as just being these superheroes and they're just you know I always talk about this they're running 5ks and they're fundraising and they're you know they're working full-time and and they're they're just this like larger than life people and I was on my couch on my bed depressed checked out a mess close to um not wanting to live anymore and I didn't realize at the time that that was actually very normal grief, that that was a, you know, for a lot of people with who get that diagnosis, especially someone like me with girls who were 12 and 10 at the time, um, to have that kind of grief response um, and sadness and anger and just um, checking out for self-preservation, you know, self-protection and protect your family is normal. But I didn't know that at the time. I just thought I was weak. I thought I was defective. I thought like, what the hell's wrong with me? I can't get my shit together. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of men since then who have shared that response and it doesn't mean we stay there, right? I'm really proud of how I did respond in time, but I had to go through the darkness. Like Jocko always says, you know, um, sometimes you have to go through that dark in order to really appreciate the light. So with courage, it was like, I was at this impasse. I was like, I, how can I be courageous if I look like a mess? 
And that's what chapter five is all about. So I'm going to do my reading. Chapter five, what courage really looks like. Cancer tried to drown me. It was a cold river that rose up far above the banks, plucked me from my pleasant dreams, took me down into the raging current, and smashed me again and again into the rocks. I choked and flailed and blacked out. I cried out for mercy, for the sake of my wife and kids. I pleaded with the universe, Mother Nature, or whatever gods might listen. In the early portion of 2019, after my Shawshank moment with Sarah, while I was reaching out for help, I still felt like that frantic swimmer swept up in the ice-cold water whose only instinct was to fight like hell against the current. I thought if I swam hard enough and long enough, I could get back upstream, back to safety, to that place before cancer. That's when another helper came into my life with the right guidance at the right time. Technically, Kate was my physical therapist. I began seeing her for hands-on therapy to help alleviate the pain from my surgical adhesions and the 12-inch scar from liver surgery and smaller scar from colon surgery. In truth, Kate was a healer in the best definition of the word. She bonds instantly with people going through trauma and knows what they need. She does talk therapy while providing manual therapy, and she is insanely intuitive. Trevor, she would say, you are fighting so hard to go back upstream. I want to help you see that you can't get back there. You are in the current, and your only option is to stop struggling and face downstream. I know it's scary. I know you didn't ask for this, but there's no going back to your life before. The truth of her words were clear, even while I kept flailing, but I continued to protest. I think I can turn downstream, but I'm struggling with my shame, I told her. It was the shame that was relentless. At the time, I was convinced that all cancer patients, except for me, of course, handled their diagnosis and treatments with grace and courage. You know, those 5K runners and top fundraisers. They were all crushing it, and here I was, debilitated, letting my family down. I'm a mess. I'm failing them, I told her. You're being way too hard on yourself. You're not going to be able to understand this now, Kate said, but you are exactly where you need to be. Courage doesn't always look like what you think it should look like, she said. And then she told me a story. One of her physical therapy clients many years ago was an elderly man who served in the U.S. Army Infantry during the invasion of Normandy in 1944. This man spoke to Kate about his experiences as a soldier and his complex feelings of gratitude and guilt because he had survived when so many of his friends had been killed. Upon returning home to the States, finding employment, and starting a family, this man enjoyed being a hands-on father. He loved going, getting on the floor and playing with his kids, but there was one task as a parent that he could not do. He could not change his children's diapers. It wasn't because he didn't want to, it was because the smell of feces triggered in him a trauma so deep that he couldn't, couldn't face it. During the Normandy invasion, when his unit's boat was approaching the beach under heavy German artillery and gunfire, the soldiers were shaking. Some were vomiting, some were crying. A few had soiled themselves. Even as their bodies responded to the likelihood of death by enemy fire, those men still stormed the beach for their mission and for their love of their brothers beside them. Were those men not courageous? Kate asked me. 
Sometimes courage is messy and ugly, and it doesn't look like the movies. It doesn't look like you might want it to, she said. Courage is not the absence of fear. It is showing up and pressing forward, even when you are most afraid. You have plenty of courage, Trevor, she said. You just need to see it in yourself. That soldier's story had become part of Kate's story, and from that moment on, it became part of my story. War analogies are a controversial topic in cancer circles. Some patients embrace the similarities and the military language. Others don't want any part of that. For me, I embrace it to a point. With all of my surgeries, scars, and my mortality right in my face because of my dismal prognosis, I absolutely think of myself as a warrior. That said, when I die, if anyone says, I lost the battle, feel free to kick them in the shins for me. The story of the soldier resonated with every fiber of my being. No other story has felt so freeing. Finally, I could look at myself and see a man who had been crushed, but who was showing up and doing the work. Before leaving Kate's office that day, I ran my hand across my scars on my abdomen a few times. I looked at myself in the mirror and whispered, You're a badass. Cultivating my warrior spirit. Once I started putting the shame behind me, by spring of 2019, the time had come for me to start cultivating my warrior spirit. My open heart had never been an issue. I've always been a deeply sensitive person, tapped into all my emotions. But if I was going to be fully equipped to cope with cancer over the course of months and hopefully years, I needed to unleash my version of my inner alpha mentality. Let me be clear. I'm not talking about being a jerk or toxic masculinity. When I talk about going alpha, I'm talking about refusing to be a victim, getting assertive, taking charge of my circumstances, being accountable, and finding people who will walk the road with me. Jocko Willink gave me all that, and I've never even met the guy. Jocko is a retired Navy SEAL commander with childhood roots in Connecticut and my home state of Maine. In 2006, he was commander of a SEAL team task unit in Iraq during the pivotal Battle of Ramadi. After completing his service, Jocko became a business consultant, personal development leader, author, and host of a massively successful podcast. I had never heard of him until I got a text from my buddy Eric Meyer. When it comes to family and friends, I feel like I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Eric has been one of my rocks since we met around 2008. And as an aside, I'm breaking from the reading here for a second. Happy birthday, Eric. Love you, brother. No matter what, I know he is there for me, and I'm there for him. One Friday that spring, Eric was about to leave work when a new song popped up on popped up recommended by Spotify. At first, Eric closed the window on his screen, but for some reason he went back and pressed play. The song, How Dark It Can Get, turned out to be a spoken word track by Jocko. It was about the similarities between war and cancer. The central refrain of the song went like this. Now that I know how dark it can get, I truly appreciate the light in the world. Eric is an engineer for a semiconductor company. He's pretty grounded, not generally the type of the type to be looking for signs from God or the universe. So it was even more powerful when he shared the track with me. Nothing like it had ever showed up in his Spotify before. This is freaky. I hope it's okay to share this with you. He texted me with a link to the track. It might be helpful. Well, that turned out to be an understatement. Of all the content I've consumed as a cancer patient, 
books, magazines, articles, podcasts, music. The album The Path by Jocko and Akira the Dawn has been the most influential. That album carried me through 2019 and into 2020. I still listen to one or two tracks from it on most days. Sometimes you get hit by that song or album that's the perfect message at the perfect time. For a guy who was trying to get his swagger back in the face of a shitstorm, Jocko offered up the right medicine. This is a snippet from one of the tracks called Unbroken. There's all kinds of different ways to break. You can break physically, you can break mentally, you can break your heart, you can break your spirit, and none of those are fun, and all of those are going to leave a mark. But the mark that they leave can be a mark of victory, or it can be the mark of defeat. When you break, you have the opportunity to show the world, the whole world, what you are really made of. So if you break, the fight isn't over. In fact, if you break, the fight is just beginning. And as you crawl up and out of that dismal and wretched place, and you're covered in blood and sweat and dirt and filth, as you rise above what you were, and as you take the form of who you are supposed to be, you will see in the very act of standing up, in the very act of fighting on, you will become and you will remain unbroken. Man, I get fired up every time I hear or read those words. That message has become part of my DNA. Here was Jocko, this diesel truck of a human, this tough-as-nails SEAL commander, someone who had faced death countless times and lost many of his fellow soldiers, telling me that it's okay to be broken, that I can still be redeemed. It was pure alpha motivation with heart, and that was really the first time another man had given me that kind of guidance. I could glimpse how all of the pain I was going through physically and emotionally might eventually become part of my purpose. Jocko didn't know me or the impact his work had on me, but I'm forever grateful to him for it. And that concludes the the reading of, of part of chapter five today. And as I read it, I'm just thinking about some of you out there. I'm thinking about some of you who are in the wolf pack who are in our Howling Place community of Man Up to Cancer and are in the shit right now, in treatment, facing surgery, really facing life-threatening stuff. And I hope that I hope that this message is received and helpful because I feel like, you know, I definitely was in that place where I was judging myself too harshly, where I was where I was thinking that I should. Um, look like something else or act like something else and you know finding Chaco and now sharing Jocko with you I hope that you understand that you're showing up you are doing the work you are going through it it might be a mess sometimes but that doesn't mean you're not courageous and I hope you really hear one of the things that I, I really need you to hear is this concept of going through hell going through the darkness, you know, he's talking about that place, that dismal and wretched place. And, and I know what that place feels like. I have it in my blood now. I, I know exactly what it is and I'm not there now, but I've been there. And I think some of you out there are in that right now, you're in that dismal, wretched place and you don't think you're ever going to get out of it. But what he talks about next is rising. This is when you rise up above what you were. 
This is where you take the form of who you are supposed to be. Because without going to that place, without going to that darkness and, and staring at it and seeing what it is to be really on the verge of death, on the verge of death, and, and then to fight on, to stand up and fight on, that is transformative. That's the crucible. And, and when you get through it, no matter what comes along, you, you have a superpower. And I'm telling you, if you're in that place and you don't think you're going to get out, you will. You can and you will. And, and then as you do, you are going to shed your skin. You, you're not going to be that person you were in the past anymore. You are going to be transformed into a person who has been to the brink and has been in a place where you thought you were permanently going to be. And instead, you're going to move on into who you are supposed to be. And maybe that person who you're supposed to be doesn't even look like the person you were. Like maybe this new person is kinder and stronger and and more gentle and more loving uh, and more purposeful. Maybe you find a purpose that you didn't know you had before because of that challenge you went through. Um, So hold tight, KFG, keep fucking going. If you can't believe now that you're going to you know, get through this and and move on to that place of growth, then let me hold that for you. Let others who have been through that hold it for you and see that for you and believe that for you and know that you are going to get through that point and you're going to be stronger for it. Um, I'm excited to see what you're going to be, what you're going to be in this next form of yourself. You know, stagnancy is not good for humans growth is the only option for us. And if you reject growth, growth, if you stay stagnant, then your life is not going to be fulfilled. You're, you're not going to have a happy life. You're not going to have a f- fulfilled life on a day-to-day basis. So trust that pain is part of that process. Trust that going to the darkest of places is part of that process and that you're not going to be there forever. And reach out again, like, The only way that I got out of that wretched and dismal place is knowing that I needed help. It was not a weakness for me to say that I needed help getting out of that place. I went to Kate. I went to Patty. I had my family and friends. I, once I started reaching out for help in my life and to get out of that place is when things really started to happen for me. And so to get from that darkness to the light, I strongly believe that that is not a solo gig. I don't even think it's possible. I think that reaching out for help and accepting help is one of the bravest fucking strongest things that you can ever do. And it's necessary because if you want to be here, if you want to keep fighting, if you want to stay in this, stay in the ring, reaching out and getting that help is going to be essential for you. So if you want to stay here and and be with your family and be that, that person people can depend on, you also need to get over that barrier of saying you can do everything by yourself. So reach out, ask for the help that you need and, and see it as, see it as a strength, see it as a warrior move. That's going to help you get to that place you want to be. 
And then when you're in that place, you can offer it to others. There's th- this idea that, you know, if you accept help, that you're just going to be in that pity place forever. Like, oh God, I'm so pitiful. I need help. And I'm just going to be this person that always needs help. No, you have periods of your life where you need help and you accept it. And then you pay it forward. That's when you say, hey, you know, I, I reached out for help. I got it. Now I'm in a better place and I want to help you. And that's how I feel. That's how I feel. I, I've accepted a ton of help along the way, but I've always felt this needs to be reciprocal. If I'm going to receive it, I want to give it. And there's so many opportunities for you to do that. You know, man up to cancer and fight CRC being two of them. All right. I'm fired up. I'm ready to take on the day. Um, that's it for today. A shorter show, about 25 minutes. And, um, I hope this helped spark something in you. I know this doesn't apply to everyone. This is, this, this was definitely more of a show for those who are headed into that dark and dismal and wretched place, or they're there right now. And, and maybe people who are judging themselves a bit too harshly when it comes to how a person should respond to cancer. Lots of these shoulds, right? I should be doing this. I should be doing that. No, sometimes you're exactly where you need to be. And if you just keep moving, as long as you're not permanently stagnant, then you're right where you need to be. And it's not comfortable. It's not fun, but it's necessary. Um, hit me up anytime guys. And ladies, um, you know, this is a public show, like the messages that are on this man up to cancer podcast. I mean them to apply to everyone out there in cancer land. I love you all. My heart is with you and, uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the man up to cancer podcast. If you want to get behind our mission, you can connect with us, subscribe to our email list and check out our other content at manuptocancer.com. And if you know a man struggling with the isolation that cancer can bring, let him know about us. The Wolfpack doors are always open.